We're into Matthew's Gospel, and we're into the Christmas story, and it's great to be in the Gospels again. I love preaching out of the Gospels and reading them and just hearing all about the story of Jesus, our Lord. Now, uh, Andrew's given me an interesting task this week, and uh, I need to be reminded to thank him, a bit tongue-in-cheek there. I'm actually starting out with Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 17, which is about the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, before we get there, just a quick comment on, on Matthew's gospel. Matthew himself was a tax collector. He was Jewish, but we know this. He was a tax collector for Rome. And because of that, he was despised for it. He was hated. And he was considered a traitor. Uh, and yet Jesus one day called him. Uh, he said, Matthew, come and follow me. And Matthew immediately gave up his wealth. He gave up his power. He gave up everything. He quit on the spot. And that says something about his character. He left his life of notoriety and shame behind and uh, followed Jesus and wrote uh, the first gospel, the first gospel account we have of the story of Jesus in the scriptures. But he begins with this genealogy of Jesus. I kind of call it the 23andMe of, of Jesus. Now, why would he do that? Why not just start like uh, Mark does and like John does uh, with... Jesus, when he's grown up and when he's starting his ministry. Um, here's why. Because Matthew's account of Jesus is written to demonstrate that Jesus is the Messiah, the King of the Jews. He's writing it to a Jewish audience. Uh, and it's the story of the King who comes and the King who is then rejected and the King who will one day be returning. And so Matthew begins his genealogy in his gospel by revealing the king's royal ancestry through his family tree. And that's really important. Maybe not for you and I, but if you're Jewish, it means everything. Uh, it's about Jesus having the right to reign because he descends from royalty. And this really is what verses 1 through 17 present. And every good Jewish person would want to know this. It's actually very important. As I said, it may not mean a lot to us today in the 20th century, but it meant a lot to its original readers. One commentator says this, he points out that Jews today are, are not able to trace their tribal ancestry, which means that though some Orthodox Jews believe the Messiah is going to come, the problem is that there'll be no way to actually prove that. Uh, and that's what Matthew is proving. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, uh, God says to King David, The Lord declares to you that he himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over, this is verse 12 of 2 Samuel 7, When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, David, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Notice that, forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. And so really, uh, verses 1 to 17 are about Jesus having the right uh, to be the king. And we can go through them. I'm not going to read them for you. You go to the scriptures and read them yourself. But don't get bored when you read them. Don't pass them over lightly because they're actually very important in proving, demonstrating, revealing that Jesus comes from a royal line, the line of David. Now, it's also important, and this is my second point, and I only have two today, uh, that Matthew reveals the, the, the genealogy of Jesus by talking about how he is also not just a normal king. 
You see, within the genealogy, we see that Jesus is not a king who rules by the law. He's a king that rules by grace. And for us, this is especially important. And it is also revealed in an indirect way through verses 1 to 17. God's grace is actually found in this genealogy of Jesus' ancestors. His, his fingerprints of grace are all over these people that precede Jesus and that his, his ancestral line comes from. Uh, we start even with, with David and with Abraham, both these men who are revered so highly by the Jewish people and, and, and in the Bible themselves, itself, pardon me, they messed up and they messed up more than once. And, and it's so, in some ways, encouraging to know that God uses people who mess up. Are you not thankful that God uh, uses your life and can use my life and other people? People who have messed up, I've messed up all over the place many times, and yet God shows His grace to me and continues to walk with me and to, to use me for His purposes. Uh, we look at the, at the man Abraham. Abraham actually committed adultery with Sarah's servant Hagar. I mean, she told him to, but he went off and slept with her and, uh, and then had Ishmael as a son, and, and that's led to a whole host of uh, problems historically. Um, he, he went down to Egypt, and King Pharaoh saw that his wife, Sarah, was, was beautiful, and he said, oh, actually, she's not my wife. She's my sister. Go ahead and take her as your wife. And all these things that, uh, that you know, we, we think about, we go, man, what, what kind of character would, would, would do those things. Abraham did, and yet God used him and made him the father of many nations. Uh, King David, what well, we know that he messed up many times, uh, perhaps most famously in his adultery with Bathsheba. He murdered her husband Uriah, uh, Uriah the Hittite, and, then he, and he slept with her prior to that. That's why he murdered uh, this man. He had an illicit child, and the child died, and, and uh, that was God's, God's consequences for, for doing this. Uh, and yeah, he, he did many other things. He was actually a pretty poor father and, uh, and a man of bloodshed all his life. And yet God promised that through his royal line, the Messiah would come. Isn't God gracious? Isn't he gracious to you and to me as well? And then finally, I think God's grace is seen in the four women listed in the genealogy of Jesus. There are actually four women, which is unusual for any woman to be listed in the genealogy. But Matthew lists four, and here they are. The first one is Tamar, uh, and that's in Genesis 38. And Tamar is a woman who tricked her father-in-law into sleeping with her uh, and got her pregnant. Uh, and when she was going to get stoned, uh, be stoned, not get stoned, but she was going to be stoned uh, for, for being found pregnant by someone who wasn't her husband because her husband had died, um, guess what? She reveals that it was actually her father-in-law. Uh, and she tricked him in that. And of course, it wasn't right for him either, but there you go. Um, the second woman, Rahab, she was a harlot as well, a prostitute. She was living in the city of Jericho and she was kind to the Jewish people. And we find in Joshua 2, she actually uh, let the spies stay in her house of ill repute. She guarded and kind of sheltered them there. But again, she was not a woman of, of particularly a noble repute. Um, she, she didn't have great uh, character, uh, at least initially, and yet she's written into the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, Ruth, Ruth was actually a woman of, of great character. She was a Gentile woman and had lots of integrity and character, but still she was a pagan Gentile, and her ancestry came from the people created by Abraham's brother Lot. 
And the story of Lot, again, a terrible story. He actually, uh, after Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, and Lot is uh, hiding in a cave with his daughters. His daughters uh, complain to each other that they're never going to find a man to have offspring with. And so they get their father drunk, and both of them sleep with their father and then produce offspring. Uh, and one of the offspring of, of these two women uh, was Moab, and Ruth was actually from the line of Moab. Now, how could possibly the king of kings um, be found in this genealogy, but God in his grace? Yes, that's what happened. And then finally, Bathsheba herself, who committed adultery with King David, she's found there as well. And so I think Matthew's message to us is this. God is a God of grace. And the seeds of God's grace are in the very makeup of Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, and our King. I'm so thankful for God's grace, and I'm thankful that Jesus is the King, and we can trace his lines back to David and the promise of God found in the Old Testament. Let's pray together. God, thank you that, um, that we can read the pages of Scripture and they, they speak to us of the truth of who Jesus is. Thank you that we can trace his, his, his ancestral lineage back to the promise that you gave to King David. And God, thank you also that within the genealogy of Jesus and Matthew, we see your grace poured out on people over and over again, which means also that Jesus, our Savior, is, is someone that it literally is genetically wired to be full of grace. Lord, you are a God of grace. He is a Savior of grace, and it is his grace in which we live today, thanking you that our sins are forgiven. Lord, we can live in, in joy because you live with us in your grace. Thank you so much in Christ. Amen. Lord be with you again this week. We'll talk to you soon.